When we think about raising our kids, teaching them civics isn't often the first thing that comes to mind. Unless, of course, we're talking about the civics classes they may or may not be taking in school. And if civics actually is being taught in our child's school, the question we should be asking is, by what standard is it being taught? Love of country, our neighbors, and our posterity has always been the great motivation behind civics in America. But what happens when our school systems indoctrinate our kids to have disdain for our nation, especially for certain people groups within it? As concerned parents, how should we respond when the foundations of our Constitution are being challenged and other options like socialism, even communism, options that have only proved disastrous whenever they've been tried, are being presented as better, more viable options? Indeed, what's a parent to do? We'll find out next on Licensed to Parent. Well, hello and welcome. You can stop wringing your hands now if for no other reason than the fact that we're wringing ours for you. If you've just stumbled upon us, Licensed to Parent is the radio outreach of Shepherd's Hill Academy, a year-long Christ-centered residential program working with troubled teens. Now, we often feel like we've seen it all here at Shepherd's Hill, and to a great extent we have. There's very little that's new under the sun, just variations on other issues. So to the best of our ability, we're hoping to export some of what we learn here so that you can be a more intentional parent and avoid the need for residential care. I'm Rich Rosel. Joining me each week, of course, on the program is the founder and director of Shepherds Hill, Trace Embry. And uh, Trace, I often hear that civics as a class is is no longer even being taught in many of our schools today, but... I guess the truth is there may be a whole lot more civics being taught in schools than we realize. It's uh, nothing like the civics that you and I were perhaps taught in school. So what do you think is going on here? Yeah, Rich, I'm not even sure civics is even the right word for what's going on in the, in, uh, in the world of American public education these days. Uh, I know that revisionist history has been a concern in recent decades, but it always seemed for the most part to be cloaked in a much more subtle uh, package of political and ideological bias. But today, this subtle approach has now been exchanged for an overt and unblushingly bold strategy that's not now being force-fed down the throats of a naive American citizenry. And this nonsense is no longer just reserved for higher education anymore, uh, but it's in elementary education and even in corporate America and the media, of course. Uh, at the highest levels, it's even in the church. Uh, our, our nation's so-called intelligentsia quote-unquote, if you ask me, are doing something akin to Hitler's youth of the 1930s. You know, I've always known that the logical end of the postmodern thought that uh, took root in the 1960s could look exactly like what we're seeing today, chaos mm. and anarchy. But, Rich, I never dreamed that I'd live to see the day that America would have to endure such an Orwellian and dystopian society as we now see developing right before our eyes. But what's really hard to watch is the gaslighting, the virtue signaling, and the disingenuousness that, uh, that, that's coming from people who simply want to protect their own personal interests. Right. Uh, and that at the expense uh, of the desires and futures of the lion's share of our nation's citizenry, no, no less. And what's even worse than that is the cowering and the apologizing and the groveling and the ignorance and complacency coming from the otherwise good people of America who are rolling over and allowing all this to happen without much of a fight. I mean, we're creating a lousy and scary place to raise our kids, and we better wake up logically, morally, politically, but most of all, spiritually, uh, or we're going to wake up physically one day, and people are going to be breaking down, blowing up, or climbing over border walls, not to get in, but to get out of this country. 
Mm. Well, we want to invite somebody in on this conversation. In fact, this is a woman who has researched this topic and covers it extensively in her newest book called Socialists Don't Sleep, Christians Must Rise or America Will Fall. Her name is Cheryl (laughs) Chumley. She's an author of several books. She's worked for years in newspaper journalism, winning numerous investigative and hard news awards in the process, particularly for her use of the Freedom of Information Act and the Sunshine Laws to hold government officials accountable. She's also worked in radio news as a host, a producer, and a writer. Currently, she's a commentary writer and the online opinion editor for The Washington Times. Now, in addition to writing daily commentaries on politics, Cheryl also hosts a twice-weekly podcast at The Washington Times called Bold and Blunt. And as you'll soon find out, she's very passionate about topics related to Christianity and the country's Judeo-Christian roots as well as the Constitution, politics and policy, United Nations and sovereignty issues, Congress and Capitol Hill, pretty much anything that lends itself to exposing those matters that run counter to freedom, biblical principles, and the preservation of America as the greatest country the world has ever seen. Her many other accomplishments are a bit too numerous to mention. After all, this is only a half-hour program, but I will mention that she's an Army veteran who currently lives in Northern Virginia with her husband, four children, golden retriever, and a cat. In fact, she's joining us from her home today. And by the way, Trace, uh, Cheryl is also a licensed private investigator, so just watch your step. Yeah, I'm going to have her investigate you. Cheryl, welcome to Licensed Apparent. <laughs> Hey, it's so great to be here with you both. Thank you so much for having me. Well, no, we thank you. And God bless you for the great work you do. We, we need more like you. Yes. Well, thank you. God bless you guys, too. Thank you. Uh, what do you mean by socialists don't sleep? And, and why should parents uh, who have a genuine concern for their children's future uh, be concerned about that? Good questions, both. Well, first off, what I mean by socialists don't sleep it, you know, we've been paying attention to socialism the last couple of years in this country, and that's great. But, you know, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, the, uh, the card-carrying socialist that made it to Ocasio. Congress for New York in a couple of years ago, she didn't come up overnight. Socialists yeah. have been trying to infiltrate this country and this country's government and political system and economic system for decades, which I chronicle in Socialists Don't Sleep. And so... My point is, the bigger point is that we should not be focusing so much on socialism with a capital S, but socialism with a small s, the Mm. seeds that lead into bringing socialism into this country in the first Mm -hmm. place. And we have to be smart. We have to be discerning over political and economic and legislative policies and moves in order to identify the socialism before it becomes socialism with a capital S. And why parents should be concerned, you know, if you love this nation, you got to fight for it for your kids. Because right now there's some wickedness, there's some evil afoot in this nation that is actively trying to tear down the, the constructs of this nation, the, the, the very basis oh, of what is. makes this nation free. And mm-hmm. what that is going to do to the upcoming generations is just tear away individual rights, and force your children to be good little collectivists for the greater good of the elite chosen few in power. Right. I've heard it said, and probably you have too, that the only difference between socialism and communism is an AK-47. I want to know what the real difference is between the two. 
And is one necessarily, is socialism necessarily a step to communism? That's what I think. Look, if you look at the history of socialism, it, it all crumbles economies. What difference does it make if your economy crumbles to what a, what a pinhead professor would call socialism versus another pinhead professor would argue, no, no, that's communism? <laughs> One leads to the other, right? The, the greater danger here in America, in, in a country where our individual rights come from God, not government, right? That's our core greatest asset. We get our rights just by the simple fact that we're born Americans. We are born, and God grants us these certain rights, not government. So the greater danger here is not socialism versus communism versus Marxism. The greater danger here is losing individualism to the collectivist. And this is where we're headed as a nation. We have the globalist influences that are trying so right. desperately to take over America's sovereignty right now. We need to focus on individual rights as they come from God. That's the standard in America. The problem is, Cheryl, is I don't see a lot of people fighting it. And until you get past the foundations, and you know, when the foundations are destroyed, what can the righteous do? And so until we get past that and we start having that first debate solved is do we start from God or do we not? And I mean, some of those conservative, even on Fox News, Tucker Carlson, who we've had on here, we've talked with him. And I'm not hearing a lot of even from his program, uh, a lot of talk about, listen, this is fundamentally a spiritual problem, uh, but you can't prove spirituality empirically. But there's, there are a lot of things you can't prove empirically. Prove to me you ever had an idea. Prove to me you love your husband. These are realities, but they can't be empirically proved. And we've gone to, to a premise where if it's not scientifically proved, it doesn't exist. And so if it doesn't exist, there's no point in arguing about it. So we start, we start the argument from the, first rung, uh, for the first, from the first row of bricks off the foundation. And we don't, and, and what did Jesus say about a house with, with, with no foundation? It's going to crumble. Well, that's exactly what's happening here. And why are we not hearing more uh, debates about whether God is or God isn't in uh, even even Christian radio? I, I don't hear a lot of it. Uh, you know, uh, Christian radio has a, an audience, uh, by and large, who are Christian. There are there's some eavesdroppers from the outside. But uh, more of these d debates need to be in the secular world. Uh, your comment. Well, my comment, I guess, would just to read the second part of my title, Christians Must Rise or America Will go. Fall. Because mm -hmm. where I agree with everything that you just laid out, I don't see that the solution to that is to allow the battlefield to be moved. The goalpost is the same. America stands for God-given rights. That's it. Anything that comes along in disguise or openly, however it is packaged, that differs from that, it's incumbent on those who can discern the truth. It's incumbent on those who know the history of America. And it's incumbent on those who aren't afraid to speak out to make that argument. And yes, you are absolutely right that there are far too few Americans making that argument or even seeing that argument. Even people with great platforms such as Tucker Carlson, with spiritual awareness such as Tucker Carlson, they are not making that case. And yet, 
Here I am making it. And here's the thing. You are, too, by allowing me the platform. And if you want to go back to biblical references, how many times in the Bible does God use one person to change an entire nation? How many times does God use just the lowest person in society, and I'm thinking of Gideon now as, as I'm speaking, and change the hearts and minds of oh so many? So we don't need an entire nation. We don't need... 51% of the nation to, to make this change. We need one person and, and God on our side. And when we make that right argument, more will come and change will follow. Uh, we're talking today on Licensed to Parent with Cheryl Chumley. She's a commentary writer and the online opinion editor for The Washington Times and host of the twice-weekly podcast, Bold and Blunt. We're talking about her newest book, Socialists Don't Sleep, Christians Must Rise, or America Will Fall. You're listening to Licensed to Parent. More in a moment. In today's digital age, there's more access than ever to digital devices. With technology constantly evolving to make our lives easier, is it any wonder that many feel as though they just can't live without it? Digital addiction can be just as chemically debilitating as drugs. Time in front of a screen can drastically affect the life of your child. For starters, your child may choose technology over simple things like playing outside and engaging in exercise, acquiring a job, and gaining life experience. To learn more about how digital addiction can affect your child, visit helpmytroubledteen.org, click on Resources, and look for the article, What is Digital Addiction? Parenting isn't easy. Shepherd's Hill Academy wants to equip you with resources for all areas and issues of life. Discover a variety of ebooks, podcasts, links, and more to help you navigate the parenting landscape. Help by TroubledTeen.org. Your children are teens now. They're growing up and gaining independence. That's kind of the point of parenting, isn't it? You're raising future responsible adults, but they're not responsible adults yet. They may be able to do things on their own, but you still want to be able to contact them and you want to equip them for success. So you decide to get them a smartphone. But why a smartphone? For most people, that means 24-7 access to everything on the planet. And that's not wise, nor is it healthy. Digital addiction is prevalent these days. In fact, we see teens of all ages dealing with mental health and behavioral issues rooted in overuse of technology. Issues that affect health, wellness, ability to focus, performance in academics, and more. That's why at Licensed to Parent, we want you to choose a wise phone alternative instead of a smartphone. More information is available at LicensedToParent.org slash wisephone. You're listening to Licensed to Parent, the radio outreach of Shepherd's Hill Academy. You can find us, along with all of our past programs, in case you missed one or would like to hear it again, on our website, licensedtoparent.org. And uh, we're talking today with uh, a lady who has invested her life in uh, trying to get, uh, I guess, the message out about how great America is and how great America needs to remain. She's written a new book called Socialists Don't Sleep, Christians Must Rise or America Will Fall. Trace, back to you. Yeah, well, you know, uh, they say if you don't know your history, you're bound to repeat its mistakes. I heard a great quote today. Uh, and you can apply this to socialism. 
History is not there for you to like or dislike. It is there for you to learn from. And if it offends you, even better, because then you are less likely to repeat it. It's not yours to erase. It belongs to all of us. I think that's a great quote. That's terrific. So, Cheryl, how should mom or dad respond when Junior comes home from high school wanting to to participate in a school rally, a student-led school rally for uh, for socialism? You know, I'm actually one of those parents who thinks it helps your child when they're older, when they're old enough to be able to, you know, analyze independently. Uh, I'm actually one of those parents who thinks it's a good idea that your child be exposed to some of the secular things in order, first off, to see firsthand the truth of this, the godless secular side of society. And second off, as a way of strengthening their own beliefs and arguments about why they believe what they do, why they believe. If you've raised your child right, then a child coming home and asking to attend a socialist gathering is not going to be so much a threat as a learning moment, as a teaching moment, as an eye-opening moment. Now, if you haven't done your job as a parent and they want to go to uh, hang out with socialists and and get involved in socialist activities, that would be concerning. To me as a parent, that would be very concerning. But otherwise, honestly, something like that is such an eye-opener. You know, when we see all these thuggish protesters in the street throwing Mm -hmm. bricks and setting cars on fire and lately, most egregiously, horrendously, walking up to police who are stationed in their cruisers on sides of the roads and shooting them execution style, that is a great eye-opening moment for the youth of America to realize, hey, socialism may not be so great. We need law and order. We need a democratic republic like the Constitution offers, where we actually have some sort of law and order in America and not just chaos in the streets. So sometimes attending these secular, godless, uh, ridiculous, in my view, socialist-type events can actually be good for your children. Cheryl, I've I've had a lot of conversation. We've got five kids, and our youngest two are still at home, and we've had conversations about these things. And it's it's a challenge for parents because you can look at what's going on in America today, and you could rightly say, we've got a lot of problems here, and then point the blame at our government structure. I mean, you know, that just on the surface, that happens a lot. And then you compare that with this ideal that socialism presents itself in being. And the the thing that I keep bringing up is what Trace mentioned earlier and that our founding fathers said that without uh, a moral standing, without without people who are moral people, who, who, uh, you know, see themselves as as being God's children and God's creation, apart from that, there is no government system that's going to work well. And so I, I think one of the challenges we face is, Seeing uh, socialism as an example, communism as another, you know, insert any type of government here that's not our own, and it's going to look nice and bright and shiny. And then you compare it to what's going on in reality, and you see it's not. Uh, How do you address situations where, uh, you know, maybe our child is saying, well, what about this other country that's got a socialist government? Boy, they just do it great, don't they? (laughs) Well, uh, socialism always fails. And if they're not being taught in that that core 
truth in their public school system, then that's a big sounding gong that your school system is failing to teach properly in their history classes, in their civic civics classes. So it's just something that, as a parent, you have to be, it's part of your duty to teach your children, to expose them and, and, you know, show them. The the systems where socialism is put in place, they crumble and fall. And it's just, that's a simple truth. Our schools don't like to teach that these days. But as you rightly point out, it all comes back to a moral society. If, if we are not moral and virtuous as a people, then our democratic republic falls. It's as simple as that. And that's what's happening right now. So the obvious solution, instead of playing whack-a-mole and going after the education system here and the free market there and this problem and that problem, the bigger problem is that America has turned away from God. And that means the only solution is for America to turn back to God. You know, the notion of God-given rights is not just a blessing. It also carries a responsibility. You know, we can say we're a nation of God-given rights, but if we're not doing our responsibility as individuals and putting God first, then the blessing goes away. Mm. Yeah. It's been said that America has the worst government in the whole world, except for all the rest. What specifically should parents be sharing with their kids that would help them understand that despite all of our faults here in America, America has always been the envy of the world for valid reasons? Look, if if you're a parent with means who can take your child on trips overseas, do it. Because there is no greater learning curve than seeing firsthand, up close and personal, the poverty, the degradations, or even the the stifling of individual freedoms in another country, the inability to speak freely, the inability as a member of, say, the media to report freely. Uh, In the Army, I spent a year in Korea, in South Korea, and, you know, it was an eye-opener because what I would consider just dirt, poverty, they considered fairly well off over there. And and so if your child can join the military and see the world, great. If you can take your child on trips, you know, even even better. But we all have technology at our disposal right now. It's so simple to pull up on television or online or even listen in on radio to get some firsthand ideas of, um, you know, awareness of how other nations live. Really, education is key, but the proper education is more key. So if your schools aren't filling your children's minds with what they need to know about why America stands alone and above the rest, then sit down and watch some TV shows, some historical-type documentaries about it with them. Take we them on trips. Show them things online. I mean, it's, yeah. it's not that hard with technology. Yeah. How is it that with 24-7 access on their hip pocket, kids can be so ignorant about the, the nature of socialism because, you know, our pastor at our church the other day showed a, a satellite video of uh, the earth and it was North Korea, South Korea, North Korea being, of course, communist. And, but the satellite shot, uh, it just revealed it all. South Korea was lit up like a Christmas tree. North Korea was dark. It was black except for one light. And that was right around where their, their leaders are at. So how, how can we get our kids pointed in the right direction to get the right information on all this knowledge we're 
that they have on their hip pockets when only 80% of it's ac- accurate? Well, the Bible's pretty accurate, so it can start there. Uh, you know, I mean, the, uh, if, if a child has a worldview coming from the Bible first, it, that's half the battle, right? Because Jesus was the great equalizer. Jesus didn't pick and choose winners and losers. Jesus treated women and men equally. Jesus didn't look at rich people as being better than poor people. Jesus didn't establish a, a multi-tier society where you had the elites at the top and the poor peon servants at the bottom, right? So if a child understands the the equality of Jesus's thinking, then socialism just doesn't even fit into that, right? Yeah. I mean, how, how can you justify the two? I know that there are some churches out there teaching that socialism is what Jesus wants, but I point out in my book how very wrong that, that style of teaching is. Yeah, there's a big argument for that, that Jesus was socialist. Well, yeah, a lot of people do argue that point. And there's an yeah, argument well, they're, that homosexuality they're is... Except, yeah, right. I'm just saying well, they're yeah. wrong. They are. But you have to have a deeper knowledge of, 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 of Scripture than the average bear has out there. And uh, it goes back to, you know, doing our due diligence as parents and yes. maybe getting our noses out, out of our smartphones long enough to actually know what we're talking about. And I think the fact that our, we don't, our kids see through that. They know that we kind of fake it till we make it. And so we we no longer live in the dark ages, so to speak. We, we now live in a, a time where, you know, our kids have more access to knowledge than President Clinton had and, and every president before him. And the problem is most of that knowledge is unvetted and um, our kids believe they're naive. I mean, let's put, it, let's put it this way. If they're 15 years old, they're still 10 years away from having the frontal lobe and their brain fully developed. So they're almost like, uh, you know, mentally challenged adults. Uh, and so they're very easily led astray and, uh, yet they have the, the, uh, spunk and vinegar, uh, to go out and, and uh, do the bidding of the people who are pulling the strings from the top. And that's a dangerous combination when, when you're, when you're talking about socialism or communism or, you know, any other anarchy as, as, as we're seeing today. So, but anyway, Cheryl, we are out of time. Boy, I'd love to keep talking with you, but uh, it's been such a pleasure to talk with you and I'd like to have you back sometime. Yeah, I'd love to. It was great chatting with you both. And thanks for all you do pushing forward the word of God for American families. Well, Thank likewise. And uh, whatever you find out about Trace in your private detective work. It's uh, all lies. Don't believe it's, 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 it's not. We, we will we was just about any, any knowledge of that. Anyway, Cheryl, thanks so much. We hope you have a, a great uh, great rest of your day and that as this book is launched, it'll do very well. Thank you so much. God bless. God bless you, bless. too. We've been talking today with Cheryl Chumley. She is a commentary writer and the online opinion editor for The Washington Times, also host of the twice-weekly podcast Bold and Blunt. And the book we've been talking about is her newest book just out called Socialists Don't Sleep. Christians Must Rise or America Will Fall. You can learn more about it on her website, CherylChumley.com. Incidentally, Cheryl is spelled C-H-E-R-Y-L, and Chumley is C-H-U-M-L-E-Y, CherylChumley.com. And that does it for this edition of Licensed to Parent. If you've missed part of today's program or would like to hear it or any of our past programs again, you can do so on our website at LicensedToParent.org. 
And you know, we often talk on this program about the dangers of putting smartphones in the hands of your children. In fact, we were just talking about all of the information they have, but the fact that they lack the wisdom at this point to make proper use of it. Well, I'm happy to let you know that we have come up with what we think is a wise phone alternative. More information is available about that on our website as well when you go to licensedtoparent.org forward slash wise phone. Again, licensedtoparent.org forward slash wise phone. Our guest coordinator on License to Parent is Daniel Fasina. Our technical producer is Carl Peets. For Trace Embry, I'm Rich Rosal, inviting you back again next time to renew your License to Parent. And remember, folks, if you don't train your children, somebody else will. God bless you. See you next time.